The worship team can please make their way to the stage. church how's everybody doing this morning if we can make our way back to our seats so we so we can celebrate our father in this room tonight today happy pentecost sunday right 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 can we give can we give our father some shout of praise can we give us some shout of praise in this room so we got a few announcements a few announcements before we start today mondays we have our celebrate recoveries as always with anybody struggling with any hang up hurt or habit this is for anybody, anyone who just needs to be relieved of whatever they're going through or struggling with. Oh, never mind, it's canceled this, this sorry, boom, boom. My mind, is, it's Memorial Day, so it's canceled. There's no Celebrate Recovery, so Memorial Day is tomorrow. Celebrate Recovery is canceled, but we still have our Bible study this week. That is Wednesday at, six to, at 7 o'clock. This is for anybody who wants to just get filled throughout the week. We also have our Friday night live service this Friday at 7 o'clock. And then we also have our picnic next week. So our picnic is next week. If anybody didn't see the sign-up sheet back there, please, 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 please bring a side. If you can sign up back there, see what you can bring, what you can help to uh, help feed the people here in the church and just hang out. Any side dish, obviously we provide the hot dogs, hamburgers, cups, and stuff like that. But anything you want to bring that you can make that's that you like to cook, anything, anything special, whatever you can bring that can be fed for everyone. Uh, other than that, can we stand to our feet as we get ready to worship our Father? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this time together, Lord. And I thank you for this day. But Father, before we can receive your Holy Spirit, 
I ask that you allow us to clear our hearts and clear our minds and clear our lives right now for you, Lord. Allow us to empty ourselves so that we can gain what you have for us today, Father. Father, allow us to empty ourselves so that we can be ignited by that fire that you want to give us, Lord. Father, some of us are just dwindling on the surface, Father. Some of us are just are just walking on this earth, Father. But I ask that you just come right now and fill them up with your love and your strength, Father. And show them that with you all things are possible, Lord. Show them that no matter what, as long as they put you first, Father, you were with them, you will heal them, you will save them, Father. Show them that no matter what struggle they are going through, as long as they use you to put you first, you will bless them. So, Father, I just thank you for this time today. Thank you for waking us up, Lord. And thank us for allowing us to surrender right now, surrender everything that we have to you. Surrender all of our lives, surrender all of our possessions, just surrender everything, Lord, so that we can gain you. So, Father, ignite the fire in this room today. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Holy Spirit, come. I want to stay right here. Holy Spirit, come.
I keep giving, she provided. I have all that I need. You are, you are all that I need. This is my story. I keep praying, you keep moving. I keep praising, you keep proving. I have all that I need. You are all that I need. I keep moving, I keep running. You keep giving.
Oh 
I'm strong when I am weak. I will be free. Your power and work in me. I'm broken gracefully. I'm strong when I am weak. I will be free. Your power and work in me. I'm broken gracefully. I'm strong when by your grace, Lord. I'm saved by your grace. Here I am.
Father, I thank you for this time together, Lord, this time to just soak in your presence, Father, this time to just seek and speak and talk to you, Lord. Father, I ask that you just continue to keep us in this presence, to keep us in this, in, this, in this atmosphere, Lord. Let us not break what you have going on today, Lord. Father, I thank you for entering those hearts that needed you this morning, Lord, entering those lives that needed you this morning, Lord. Father, I thank you for the grace grace for breaking us to make us new. The grace for breaking us to make us new. The constant trials you have us through, Lord. I just thank you for the time that, that we need, the time that we have when we struggle, the times that we have when we have nobody to call on but you, Father. Those times where we need you and seek you the most, Father. So, Father, I ask that you just fill us up right now. Fill this room up with your presence. Allow this room to be fearless. Allow this spirit, just allow this room to just be powerful. Allow this room to just be filled with your love and your grace. Allow this room to know your love and see your love and feel your love. Allow them to speak your love. Father, words mean everything. Allow them to speak and speak nothing but you, nothing but your truth, nothing but your word. Show them your word, show them your mouth, show them how you speak and talk. So that they can speak to these people within these nations, speak to these people within these communities. Speak to the people who are struggling. Speak to the people who are struggling, who don't understand you, who can't speak to you, Father. Give these mouths in this room. Give these mouths in this room your spirit. Give these mouths in this room your presence. 
give these mouths in this room your power so they can preach and so they can teach and so they can, they can, so that they can conquer every enemy in their way, Lord, so they can knock down every wall, so they can trample every scorpion, so they can knock out every demon, so they can break down every wall, so they can heal their family, so they can build their life on the foundation that you want, Father. Allow them to seek and feel and feel nothing but you. Show them your love. Show them your joy. Allow them to feel that this morning, Lord. Allow them to feel that so that they can pour it out, so that they can pour it out, so that they can pour it out, so that they can pour it out upon each other, Father. Pour our spirit out, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And Father, I put a special blessing upon these kids as they get ready to just hear your word. Father, pour your spirit out upon these teachers, Lord, so that they can can speak to these kids, Father. Show them your love. Show them your glory. Show them your works. Show these kids the things that they can be if they allow them to be in their, if they allow you to be in their lives. Show these kids what they can be if they allow you to be in their lives. Show these people what they can be if they allow you to be in their lives. Father, I thank you for this service. I thank you for what you're going to do here. And I ask that you just continue. Just pour your spirit and your anointing upon us so that we can stay wrapped in your love and know your wisdom and know your works. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Before you sit down, can you shake somebody's hand or if you're already down, just look at them. Give them a big smile. Tell them you're glad to see them. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Show them them pearly whites. take the offering I just wanted uh, I just wanted Pam to come up and share a word and maybe just share a testimony of what happened on Friday night I kind of forgot but I seen you waving a little bit today so amen our God's a healer amen Amen. Praise God. Praise God. You know, there's two people, two kinds of people that are hard to kill. A praiser and a tither. Amen. Because with a praiser, you can't praise them from the grave. And God loves a praiser, so he'll keep you alive as long as you keep praising. Amen. Doing all right up there? All right, good. (laughs) Thank you, buddy. And the other person is a tither because uh, in the book of Malachi, it says that he'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. Uh, Malachi chapter 3 says, uh, verse 10, it says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. 
if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there be, there not be room enough to receive it, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your, of your ground, nor will the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts, and all the nations will call you blessed. That means that there'll be a hedge on your things, on your life, on your kids, on your property. Amen? It's a blessing of the Lord. So um, we'll go ahead and I'm just going to pray for the offering. I just ask you to pray about what the Lord would have you give and just be faithful in that. Uh, if you'd like to give electronically, there's ways up on the screen that you can do that. Lord, thank you for, uh, thank you for all that you've done, even in the beginning of this service. Thank you for your spirit that is moving powerfully amongst us. Thank you for your presence that is here. Lord, we thank you for all you're going to do in this service. Lord, we thank you for the vision that you have for this church and that you have the provision for the vision already. Lord, I thank you for all my brothers and sisters in Christ, Lord, and I pray that you would bless them abundantly so that they would have, uh, they would have so much that they would have to give it away that they would not walk in lack, that they would not walk in poverty, Lord, but they would know you and they would know that you will provide for every one of their needs through your riches and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, um, that's right. We'll let the ushers come forward to take the offering. It's all good. It's all good. Go ahead. You guys can go ahead and take the offering. Uh, just wanted to clarify on um, a couple things, um, just that um, there won't be a uh, Celebrate Recovery meeting tomorrow night. So happy Memorial Day, uh, enjoy the day, and if you're mad that there's, not a, that there's not a meeting, have a cookout, invite some people over and have your own meeting, amen. Amen, and uh, also um, you might see on your bulletins, um, June 25th, uh, that's a month from, uh, a month from now, um, we're going to have Bruce Latibu, Latibu, I was saying his name wrong, we're going to have Br Bruce Latibu, and he is the founder and the director of uh, Children's Rescue Initiative, and, um, you know, he's just somebody who's um, kind of highly involved, like, actually, somebody who actually goes to foreign countries and like rescues people that are involved in, you know, human trafficking, slavery. Um, you know, can you believe that, you know, in this day and time that actually like slavery is at an all time high in the world? And a lot of people who are enslaved are Christians in predominantly Muslim countries. And so he goes in with teams, boots on the ground, rescues and restores them and rebuilds their life. So that's going to be very, very uh, exciting um, to, to see him here. So I encourage you to make your plans, clear your schedule and be here. That's going to be a very special day. Um, it does say Wednesday. Thank you, buddy. And it just, it does say Wednesday on the, um, but some of them are crossed off for Sunday. So it'll be Sunday. He'll just be our Sunday instead of you guys looking at me. Um, he'll be up here and he'll be given the word. Um, I just want to give an opportunity. Um, Michelle, are you ready to give that or no? Okay. 
come on up. I just want to, I just want Michelle to, to share something that, that God put on her heart. And uh, right before that, uh, this morning, she shared a little bit on Friday. And then Char came up and kind of shared almost the exact same thing. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to let her share this.
Amen. Could we just all stand to our feet? Let's stand to our feet really quick. Let's just go ahead and let's just declare some things. Say, I am an overcomer in Christ. I am victorious in Christ. I am being built up, edified. I will never fall. I will never quit. I will never give up until the Lord calls me home. Fill me, change me, use me in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Michelle. Praise God. We're here on Pentecost Sunday, and I am excited. Pentecost Sunday is celebrated as the 50th day after Resurrection Sunday. And it's not a new Christian holiday. The Jews were celebrating uh, Pentecost for a long time. They actually celebrated Pentecost as the giving of the law. So Jewish people still celebrate uh, the holiday of Pentecost as the giving of the law, the giving of the Ten Commandments. But the day of Pentecost for us as Christians is the birth of the church. So before Jesus ascended, he commanded his followers to wait in Jerusalem for the promise of the Father, and that was the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And that marked a new way that the Holy Spirit came to anoint and empower his church. And so a lot of people want to know, like, what is it to be like filled with the Spirit? What is it all about? To be filled with the Spirit is to be like Jesus. Amen? That's all it is. To be filled with the Spirit is to be like Jesus. Jesus started his ministry. He, had the, he was baptized in the River Jordan, and the Holy Spirit descended on him as a dove. There's our friend right there. Amen. Been with us since Friday, by the way. Not sure where his partner's at, but they came, and they were flying around on Friday, and then they kind of rested up on the screen and just kind of stayed there for the rest of the service. And I came in on Saturday and I'm like, okay, I got to get them out of here. I don't want them to get trapped in here. Like, what if they die in here? So I opened up all the doors and I seen them sitting up on the screen, just chilling. And I was like, okay. And I felt like the Holy Spirit said to me, well, they made this their home. And I was like, okay. And I knew that a dove was a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And then right at that moment, God spoke to me and said, because you've opened your heart to the Holy Spirit, just as I've, made, I've allowed these doves to make this their home, I'm going to make this place my home. Amen. Amen. So we don't have a record of Jesus doing anything until he got filled with the Spirit. He told the apostles, don't go anywhere until you're filled with with the Spirit. And if you and I want to continue on with the mission of Jesus Christ, then guess what? We need to be filled with the Spirit. And, and I'm not here to insult anybody's intelligence, but just so you know, like Christ is not Jesus's last name. Like it's not like I'm Rick Thornhill and he's Jesus Christ, right? Christ is not his last name. Christ means the anointed one or the anointing. That's what it means. Jesus, the 
anointed one. And the Bible says that, that Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit and power to do good and to heal all those who are oppressed of the devil. And so Jesus did his work on the cross. He died in our place for our sins. And then he ascended to be with the father. His work is done, right? What was the, one of the final things before he gave up his life on the cross? He said, it is finished. And then we know he was buried for three days. Then he rose victorious over death, hell, and the grave for 40 days, appeared. And then he ascended to go be with the Father. He's seated at the right hand of God. And you're not getting him up because his work is finished. Amen. And so Jesus ascended to be with the Father, but Christ is still here. Know why? Because we are the body of, we are the body of Christ. That means that the church is anointed with the power and the Holy Spirit to do good and to heal all those who are oppressed of the devil, just like Jesus. But the difference is that Jesus was given the Spirit without measure. And you and I are given the Holy Spirit, but we're given the Spirit with measure. We're given the gifts as he wills. That means that I have a different gift than you have, and you have a different gift than I have, and you have a different gift than I have. But together, there's a corporate anointing that when we come together, we are the body of Christ. We are the body of anointed ones. We are the remnant army that God is rising up. And when we come together under the power of the Holy Spirit, with all the gifts and anointing that have been given to us, we come together and then the sick get healed. Amen. Devils get cast out. Communities get changed. The atmosphere is changed. And the King the kingdom of God is pressed forward in Jesus' name. Amen. And that brings us to where we're at and where I've been for I don't even know how long. My, I think my Bible just falls open to this chapter now, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to read it again. It says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant. Just go ahead and turn to your neighbor and say, tell him, don't be ignorant. I just love doing that. I don't know why. You know that you were Gentiles carried away with these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There's diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There's difference of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For one is given a word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another a word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So um, one of the things that we read in that first sentence is it tells us not to be ignorant. 
right? And you just told your neighbor not to be ignorant. So they're mad at you now. But listen, calling somebody ignorant isn't, isn't calling them dumb. It's not the same thing. It's not saying, I mean, I know that some people will use that interchangeably. That's not really not the proper use of the word. They'll say, well, you know what? That guy's so ignorant. You know, he burps at the dinner table. You know, don't be, don't be ignorant or whatever. But being ignorant is having a lack of knowledge. It's having a, a, a lack of understanding. It, it means that you don't have knowledge in a certain area. Now, the devil was totally defeated at the cross in every way. Jesus's work defeated the devil. His authority was stripped away. But I want you to hear this. The devil can operate in a believer's life in a place of ignorance, in a place of darkness. That's an absence of light. It says that the Bible says that my people perish for a lack of knowledge. They perish for a lack of knowledge. So the devil can operate in places of ignorance in a Christian's life. If you don't believe in, or you've never been taught the doctrine of divine healing, then guess what? The devil can have a field day in your life. If you've never been taught sowing and reaping and, and about tithing, then financially the devil can have a field day you know, in your finances. If you don't understand the authority of a believer, the authority that's been given to you as, as a believer in Jesus Christ with the Holy Spirit, then the devil can do all kinds of things in your life and you'll just let him do it because you're not operating in your authority. He only operates in places of ignorance. So when people are not taught about the Holy Spirit or they just say they don't need the Holy Spirit, it, it's like, there's this toolbox that, that's at your disposal, but you're not going to use any of it. So there's these things that come up in your life, and, and you've got these things available to you, but because you're not operating in them, you're ignorant in spiritual gifts. You don't use them, and so they're not at your disposal. So you're like fighting like with one arm tied behind your back. It'd be like if, if like 10 people tried to jump you, and you decided like, okay, I'm gonna fight them off with my fist. But meanwhile, you got like a loaded AR-15 like right next to you that you could reach down and grab, but, but, but you're ignorant to the fact that it's not there and, and you don't know how to use it and, and you don't, but if you could, you could pick it up, boom, it's right, it's game over. But instead you're gonna sit there and fight and, and struggle. And I'm gonna tell you, that's not us, amen. That's not who we are. We're going to get everything the Holy Spirit has for us. We're not going to be ignorant about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We're not going to be ignorant about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We're not going to be ignorant in how to flow in the Holy Spirit. We preach the full gospel here, amen? Not a halfway gospel, not a seven-eighths gospel, not the 15 sixteenths gospel. We boldly proclaim the full gospel that Jesus is our Savior, that he is our healer, that he is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit, and he is the soon-coming king. Because let me tell you something, if you take everything about the Holy Spirit out of the New Testament, man, you're going to have to cut a lot of verses out. And a lot of places just just skip over it. But we're not going to be ignorant about the gifts of the Spirit. 
That's why I've been teaching on it for uh, these past couple services. And in the text, we talked about there's nine supernatural gifts. And within those supernatural gifts, we break them up into three separate categories. Gifts of gifts that reveal something, gifts that do something, and gifts that say something. And so we've talked about the, the revelation gifts. And then we, uh, on Friday, we talked about the power gifts. And today, we're going to talk about um, some of the vocal gifts. But I think that because of what I'm going to talk about today, that it's good that I just camp out on one of the gifts because this is a super controversial area when it comes to Christians, and that is about the gift of speaking in tongues, what it's in our uh, scripture that we read, diverse kind of tongues or different kind of tongues. And, and I don't know why it's really so controversial. I, I like the term better spiritual language. But most people don't refer to it like that. Most people talk about, you know, um, that they call it speaking in tongues, right? And, and, and I think, first of all, if you can get beyond the idea that it seems kind of weird, all right, that's the first kind of leap that we need to make. If, if you can get beyond that, then the big question that people ask themselves is why? Why do I need to speak in other tongues? What benefit does it have for me? I've heard people say, well, I, you know, I think God hears me just fine in my regular language. Why do I got to pray in tongues? Why do I need that? And so this morning, the best I can do with uh, the time that I have left is going to be to kind of demystify spiritual language. I want to confront some of the misunderstandings and show you how not only is this beneficial, but it's necessary for you to walk in your destiny. And the first thing I want to point out, remember it's called diverse kind of tongues. So there's different kinds of tongues and they serve a different purpose. And a lot of times people get messed up because they kind of put tongues all in one category and they don't realize that the Bible talks about different kinds of tongues. There's a tongue that's a private devotional prayer language. And this is the most practical, and this is where the most emphasis is, and this is where every believer can and should function, is in a private devotional language. Now, there's also a tongue that's a supernatural speaking of a known language that is unknown by the person speaking it, but to a person receiving it, they know the language. And this is how... A lot of people in a lot of different uh, denominations will try to explain away tongues. They'll say, well, you know, um, it, it's just at that time, the early church, they were given supernatural power to communicate in a, another language so that they can, they can um, preach the gospel. Now, this can happen, but it's actually the rarest type of a manifestation of tongues and very few people will be used in this way that they speak a language that is unknown to them that is a known language that is known to a hearer there's finally a tongue that is spoken in a in a public gathering that is to be interpreted that somebody gets up they give a message in tongues either they interpret it or somebody else interprets it and that's equivalent to a word of prophecy and, you know, depending on 
what church you go to, there's churches where this happens all the time. I've attended churches where every week they have this kind of thing going on, but it's going to be more frequent than what we just talked about. But this is an area that not everybody is going to be used in. So let's look at the private prayer language, 1 Corinthians 14, 14 and 15. The apostle Paul says, if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is the conclusion then? I'll pray with the spirit and I'll pray with the understanding. I'll sing with the spirit and I'll sing with the understanding. You guys today, as you were entering into worship, um, you know, Ella was worshiping with the understanding, right? In the words on the screen. And then there was part of the time where she worshiped in the spirit. She worshiped in her spiritual language. And so Paul is saying that I'm gonna do both. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray in my regular language, but I'm also gonna pray in the spirit. And his prayer and worship included both ways. And obviously this isn't another language to communicate the gospel because it would be silly for him in the secret place praying by himself to be praying in another language, right? So there was obviously, this was a private prayer language that he was doing by himself because he even says in there, like, if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. So he's saying, I don't even understand what I'm, when I'm praying at that moment. And then the other part uh, that we talked about is that a, a known language, but unknown to the speaker. And we see this on the day of Pentecost in the book of Acts, chapter two, verse five to 11. Um, and just to give you the quick version, it, it talks about that, you know, people heard them in the upper room, the Holy Spirit was poured out. They began to speak in other tongues. And during Pentecost, people would come from all over to Jerusalem. So you had a bunch of people that were from kind of different nations, but they were gathering in Jerusalem for the feast. And at that time, they said that, um, we hear them speaking in our own tongues, the wonderful works of God. That's verse 11. And they, they kind of preface it by saying, you know, aren't these guys all Galileans? How do we hear them speak in our language? And that was meant to just make a reference that most Galileans weren't educated people. So it wasn't like they went to school to learn other languages. So as they were speaking in tongues, the people heard them talking about the wonderful works of God in their own native language. Now, I, I've heard of people, you know, giving a public utterance in a church service and, you know, speaking in tongues and nobody interprets it. And they're like, dang, I guess I missed it this time, you know? And then afterwards, somebody will come up like in tears and be like, you know, I'm from such and such a country and you spoke in my native tongue. I've heard of people praying for people and, and, and this happens, but, but again, it, it's, it's pretty rare that this will happen, but, but definitely a sign and a wonder uh, to people. The other one, uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 5, a public tongue that needs to be interpreted. Paul says this, he says, I wish you spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesy. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks in, with tongues, unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. And this is a simple thing that 
Paul is saying that he wishes everyone spoke in tongues. But in a public meeting, right, it would be greater benefit to everybody to have a word of prophecy because then they could understand it and everybody could be built up. So if I'm praying in the spirit and I'm speaking in a heavenly language that nobody understands, like I'm being built up, but the rest of the church isn't being built up. So he's saying that it would be better to have this word of prophecy unless you speak in a tongue and somebody interprets it. Because if you speak in a tongue and interpret it, it's equivalent to prophecy. And all the manifestation gifts that we talk about are supernatural. So, you know, to just try to explain away is just bad doctrine. It's just bad exegesis and it, it wouldn't make sense. I mean, if it was just a language to, that, that, was, that, that the people were empowered to speak a known language and spread the gospel, if that's the way it was, then number one, why would Paul tell us to pray in the spirit? Number two, why when the apostles laid hands on people to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and they started speaking in tongues, it wasn't because the people that they just shared the gospel with that just got saved had to share the gospel back with them, right? It, it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense if you really like think about it. And, and also when you understand it in this way that, that there's different kinds of tongues then the instructions on how the gifts are supposed to flow in a church setting begin to make sense. And also when a lot of people look at, um, you know, I think it's 1 Corinthians 12, 30, when it says that, you know, it asks the question, do all speak in tongues, right? It's like, do all prophesy? Do all speak in tongues? Do all do this, right? And, and many people will quit seeking uh, for a prayer language, but that's not talking about a private devotional prayer language. It's talking about using tongues in a public setting like the other two kinds of tongues. Are. are you with me this morning? All right, in the scripture, we read that Paul said to the church, I wish you all spoke in tongues. So if he wished that the entire church spoke in tongues, there must have been some benefit to that. So um, I just want to very quickly uh, move uh, forward and kind of stay there. And I want to focus on the private devotional use of tongues and why it'll help you. Number one, speaking in tongues builds you up in the spirit. 1 Corinthians 14, 4 says, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. Jude 1, 20 says, but you, beloved, building yourselves on the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. So the key to living a victorious Christian life is learning how to walk in the spirit. Amen. If you walk in the spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. There's no condemnation to those who are in the spirit. Those who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. I can go on and on and on. So the key to living victorious is to be able to walk in the spirit and praying in the spirit builds up your spirit man. See, in the old covenant, they, to live a victorious life, they were told to meditate on the law. Remember that Pentecost marked the giving of the law. And guess what? On the day that the law was given, 3,000 people died. But on the day of Pentecost, when the Spirit was poured out, 3,000 people got saved. 
The letter kills, but the spirit gives life. So where it talks about that we need to meditate on the law in the old covenant, it's replaced in the new covenant by life in the spirit, living in the spirit. And like out of the nine gifts that are there, there's only two of them that were, there's only two gifts that we don't see operating in the Old Testament. And that is diverse kind of tongues and interpretation of tongues. That's a new manifestation. And, and that's because of the fact that the Holy Spirit didn't just come upon people just to do a work or the Holy Spirit wasn't with people, but now the Holy Spirit is in us and we are the tabernacle of the Holy Spirit. And now we, are, we, we can have this amazing benefit to allowing the Holy Spirit to pray through us. You wanna build up your body, lift weights, right? If you really wanna build up your body, lift weights. If you wanna build your mind, then read books and learn new skills. If you wanna build up your spirit, then learn to pray in the Holy Ghost. And, and when we pray in the Holy Ghost, we edify ourselves. And that word edify might be a little weird to us because it's not a word that, that, that is really common to us, but there's Greek scholars that say that there's a word that we might understand a little bit better, and that word is charge. We use the, the, the word charge in connection with like charging a battery. So we could say a more literal translation would be that he who speaks in an unknown tongue charges and builds himself up like a battery. The, the British evangelist Smith Wigglesworth used to say that if you pray in tongues for 30 minutes a day, you'll never backslide. Amen. Tongues also helps us in our prayer life. The book of Romans 8.26 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Now a major weakness that you and I have in our prayer life is, is, is not knowing how we should pray. Sometimes there's just an anxiety we feel. It's just a stress. It's a feeling that we have that, you know what, something is wrong, but we're not clear what's wrong. We just kind of feel this stress and you just get that feeling. Sometimes we can feel like we're under some type of spiritual attack, but we don't know where it's coming from. We don't know how it's coming. We, we don't know what it is. Um, sometimes we're just not really sure of the will uh, for God in our lives. We, we like, there, there's things that are written out in scripture, but not everything is written out in scripture. We don't know necessarily exactly the person we're supposed to marry, exactly the place we're supposed to work at. Right? There, there's things that we need guidance, that we need God's will. And, and we don't always know what the will of God is for our lives. And when we read that scripture, it, it says that there's groanings which cannot be uttered. But a better translation would be that it is groanings which can't really be put into words. 
So I believe that, that it's talking about the Holy Spirit and, and the Holy Ghost prays through us in groanings that aren't our earthly language and prays the perfect prayer according to the will of God in our lives. I don't know, should I go to the handheld? Kind of like... You know, you're sitting at Walmart and you're just, you know, you're trying to check out at Walmart. You're like, 
voice. And in life, the Holy Spirit speaks to us in a still, small voice. But there's a lot of noise. There's a lot of clatter. There's a lot of things that happen in life, right, that go on. God's not in any of all that noise. He's inside speaking in a still, small voice. says, you know what, don't go there. Don't go to that place. Or maybe he says you need to go there. Or maybe he says you need to go to that job. Or maybe he says, you know what, you need to quit your job. Maybe he says, you know what, you better stay away from that guy or that girl. Maybe he says, you know what, you need to link up with that person. Spiritual language builds you up spiritually. It helps you when you don't know how to pray. And it helps you to effectively hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. So before I pray, I just want to give the opportunity. Um, ushers, if you either want to just help the, the kids find a seat or just kind of close that door and let's just kind of, uh, they can just, you know, hang out for a little bit if they want to. But before we go ahead and pray for the Holy Spirit, I want to give you that opportunity. Because we can start about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but Jesus died so that we could have the Holy Spirit. His work was necessary so that we could receive the Holy Spirit, so that we could become the tabernacle, we could become the temple of God. So if you're here today, the Bible says that we've all sinned and we've all fallen short of the glory of God. All of us need a Savior. All of us 
that planned on helping me with the guard today we're gonna start at 1 30 so if you guys want to meet me out the front right in that little that little picnic little table out there i will be sitting there at 1 30 so it's 12 40 right now so we got an hour from here
years old. I couldn't even, I couldn't even remember. I don't think we ever did.
So will I. If the stars were made to worship, so 